Hi, Dave. I can't even say your name. Yeah, I'll stop. I'm out of character now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll turn it off and stop. It's still going, Dave. Still going. Yeah. Still going. Oh. Technical stuff. Leave the technical stuff to Joe. (laughs) (laughs) After all these episodes, I've only just realised that in the last, in the very last, very last episode of Round the Back. Yes. Yeah. Episode 70. 70, yeah. And and upon your insistence, (laughs) we've ended on a. uh, It's nice to finish on an even number, isn't it? Yeah. Well, 72 is an even number. 68 is an even number. Well, we couldn't get to 72 because you're buggering off, aren't you? (laughs) True. Yeah, I mean it, it's been uh, it's, it's been awesome. It's been so cool, and and um, you know it, it was someone you knew, of course, but we met someone in the pub the other day who I'd never met before, and they told me that they really enjoyed the podcast, and I've had other experiences similar to like over the last couple of year or year and a half, yeah, yeah. where people have just genuinely expressed that they enjoy what we do, and that that's yeah. been amazing. He was blind drunk though, to be fair. Don't need to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It is. It's in, we enjoy it, and if others enjoy it, then that's good that's all that matters that's all that matters uh, that you know it's fun for us first because that has to be the priority it has to be fun for us yes and then that other people listen regularly and enjoy it fantastic that's yeah. awesome yeah. so it is sad to bring it to an end but we of course wish to bring it to an end on a high note yes um so, so, yeah so roll up our sleeves fight away those tears and on with the show <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. And and today was my second last day at my job as well. Yeah. And do you know what we did? Y- n- yes, I do. Yeah, because I told you. Because you told me, yeah. yeah. But we, we were playing oh, this little role oh, play. Uh, what did you do on your second to last day, Joe? Well, thank you for asking, Dave. No problem. Well, what, it, it was staff training day. Yes. But instead of staff training, we went to Harry Potter World. Oh, yeah. They loaded us on a coach. Is it good? No. No. And they just, you know, it took, I don't know, it took a good 50 minutes to get to Watford, which is where it is. Yeah. Uh... And then we walked around and looked at sets and looked at costumes and looked at props. God, what and, a day. Um, I think, if anything, it, it uh, solidified my lack of interest in the Harry Potter franchise. It hasn't made you want to go and read or watch the films? No. Well, I, I, I Don't read, read the films. I read, read about books. four of them when I was of age. Did you? I.e. a kid. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is who it's really for. And um, I probably have seen about two of the movies. Yeah. Uh, I think there's eight of them or something. Uh, too many. Yeah. Eight too many, really. Too much wizardry for me. <laughs> fantasy, uh, as, an, as a grown up and an adult, I'm still interested in sci fi, but fantasy is not what I'm interested in. No. So I was wandering around there, just sort of looking at it and thinking, I just don't get this. I don't get adults being into it. There's nothing wrong with adults being into it, but it wasn't for Strange me. Strange thing to organise for, for works. Yes. Too. For a load of grown ups. Yeah. Um, mm. whoever, I mean, whoever organised that to blame, really. Yeah. yeah. Happy to talk about your uh, work colleagues. Now that you're leaving, I see. Tomorrow I'm leaving. Yes. yes. Not, didn't want to. So don't mention work. He used to say to me, "Don't. I don't want to talk about work." Now he's leaving. I've mentioned it once before, but couldn't give a fuck. Straight in there. Yeah, we had, a, we had an outing. It was fucking shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what did you do today, David? Uh, today I mainly um, I did some uh, work from home. Uh, WFH, I think they call that. That old. Uh, yeah. Fallacy. And uh, and then I did a a, a good deed and I, I helped out an old lady. That's with, very, very um, kind. A pole. 
Mm. A, hang, a hang, hanger rail. Okay, you yeah. put it up for her. I put it up. Her. I put it up for her. Good. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for clarificating. New problemo. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you have for dinner? Uh, well, I had. Um, you're going to say in this heat. Uh, I had a shepherd's in pie. In this seat. Oh, sorry, yeah. you haven't finished. Uh, shepherd's pie. In this heat? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it was very nice, actually. Ah. We let it cool. Okay. It was, so you mean, had, you it had wasn't cold, cold potato no, it wasn't and mince. Cold. It was We just let it... It was warm. Lukewarm? Yeah, because otherwise you're eating it hot food on a hot day. It's so a bit odd, yeah. True. We just said, you know what? Just, just let it sit. Let it sit. Let that shepherd's pie sit. And then, and then we ate it. It's, it's exciting. It's a good story. It's exciting. It's a good story. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, as I'm sure all our listeners will be expecting, the news is now going to follow. The last news. The last of the news. So, in terms of who does the uh, live jingle, I, I guess, you know, should we do it together? Yeah. Collective okay, effort. Yeah. And perhaps we should go, let's leave the jingle rolling a little bit longer. Okay. And we'll do a little bit of a call and response thing of, of us trying to outweird each other. Okay. As a present to our fans before we leave. How about that? Okay, then fine. Yeah. yeah. You didn't feel like mentioning that before. Just spring it on me now. Well, I've sprung it on myself now as well because okay. I did not yeah. even consider this earlier. So this well, will we've be. We've got to do it now. We've said it. Well, so. yeah. It's, it's not written down, okay. but we've just, said it. Uh, so. Just it button then. Ready? Ready. All right. So I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> It's the last news ever. The very last news. No more news. From the staff. News left. There will be news, but just not from us, because we're leaving. Round the back will not play the news no more after this day. The end. One of the longest we've ever done. Certainly. Uh, yeah. I, I really feel like, you know, if I wasn't leaving, if I wasn't moving abroad and we were continuing this on, yes. maybe now would be a good point to perhaps do this news thing slightly differently. Because I think we're running out of ideas. Well, I think, to be honest that's, with you. that's certain. Yeah. From that travesty that we just yeah. put to, committed to I take. I apologise on both our behalfs. <laughs> On both our behinds. So, David, how many newses have you got? Well, it? I've got uh, a general news story and a seagull news story. Okay. Um, I've so got I've got a general news story. Okay. Well, shall I begin? Yeah. You, me, you. Good. To me, to to you, to me, to you. Yes. Yeah. Brothers chuckle. Um, okay. The headline is <clears throat> this is from the Metro. Iran thinks Israel has been stealing its clouds to cause a drought. No, no. <laughs> I knew stealing like its this. clouds. I knew you'd like this. This could go in conspiracy news. It could news. a bit, yeah, it could. A bit. Um, an Iranian general has accused Israel of manipulating weather to prevent rain over the Islam- Islamic Republic, a.k.a. stealing the country's clouds. Brigadier General Golam Reza Jalali, head of Iran's civil defence organisation, alleged that his country was facing cloud theft during a press conference. However, he was later contradicted by the nation's weather chief. Really? That's not a surprise, is no, it? No, no. Can I just point out that his first name is Gollum? Gollum, yes. Yeah, yeah. good. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking at the conference, the general said... How does Gollum talk? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen those either. Uh, I haven't seen him for a long Fancy time. He says my precious a does lot. Does he? Yeah. Okay. The changing climate in Iran is, sus- is suspect... My foreign <laughs> foreign interference is suspected to have played a role in climate change. He later insisted the results from an Iranian scientific study confirmed the claim. Israel and other country 
Oh, sorry, Israel and another country in the region, not not being specific, just any, <laughs> just another country. Israel and the other one have just <laughs> have joint teams uh, which work to ensure clouds entering the Iranian skies are unable to release rain. <laughs> <laughs> or no, just no. Yeah, is that the, is that, hold on, where are they going? Uh, Iran. Are they the rainy clouds? Yeah. Don't fucking send them. Get the ones that can't rain. Yeah. The, the what? The ones that can't rain? You know, those non-rainy ones. I don't think you've got any of them. Make them then. (laughs) (laughs) Get some cotton wool, put some fans on the top of it, and just let it hover over Iran. Tease the fuckers. Yes. Fake clouds. Uh, Fake news, more like. This is what Gollum had to say, anyway. Um, He said, on top of that, we are facing the issue of cloud and snow theft. Uh, Snow? Yes. Citing a survey showing that above 2,200 metres, all mountainous areas between Afghanistan and the Mediterranean are covered in snow, except Iran. Iran's own meteorological service struck... (laughs) Sorry? Sorry? Meteorological? Yes, that's what I said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Struck a sceptical note, however. Uh, General Jalali... uh, This is what they're saying. Does everybody in Iran have a military title? No, this is the same guy. They're, 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 they're referencing him. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Thank you. General Jalali probably has documents of which I am not aware, but on the basis of meteorological knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> I've had one beers. <laughs> it is not possible for a country to steal snow or clouds, said the head of Iran's meteorological service. Why can't I say that? <laughs> meteorological. I can say that, but now I've learned how not to say it. <laughs> Is this in my mind? Meteorological. Yay. Thank you. Uh, service. Uh, that was Ahad Vasif. Um, the general's allegations of weather pilfering Joe were not the first time an Iranian official has accused the country's foes of stealing its rain. <laughs> Former president... <laughs> Ridiculous. Former president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad... Ahmadinejad. Yes. Yeah. In 2011, accused Western countries... Is it disrespectful to get... The foreign names wrong? I don't think so. No. They're hard to say, aren't they? No, not yeah. when they're hard to say. Exactly. And slightly mad, in his case. <laughs> Ooh. No? No. I'm thinking of someone else. Mm. The other one. Well, oh, Armadinejad jacket. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was p- proper bonkers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's fine, yeah. And, and yeah. so is General Gollum, by the sounds of it. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, in 2008, he, he accused Western countries of devising plans to cause drought in Iran, adding that European countries use special equipment to force clouds to dump their water on their continent. It's not exactly dumping, is it? Well, no. It's what they do. That's just, yeah, you can't really force a cloud to rain. <laughs> Fucking rain now. Why? No, I'm, I'm not ready to rain. Fucking rain now. See, this is... this is. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt your story. No, that's the end of the story. Oh, perfect timing. This is the kind of thing like that countries like that do, is they actually use conspiracy theories to make points, to, to make a jab at other countries in the world. And and we in the West, we laugh at that and go, oh, isn't that ridiculous? But actually, when you think about the, the Trump administration, that's what they're doing. That's what he does. He uses conspiracy theories openly yeah. and outwardly without any evidence backing them to make jabs at other countries in the world. Mm. So we can no longer laugh with the US at the rest of the world. We have to laugh at the US. We just laugh at everyone then. Yeah. Yeah. Until we start doing it, which probably won't be too far away. (laughs) Come on. You could argue that the Tory government have done that many times with with their evidence for having opinions against the LBG. This is a jolly episode. It's our last (laughs) one. Let's not get all uh... That's what I do. I'm I'm a ranter. Yeah, you I can you say that again. (laughs) I'm a ranter. Don't say it again. Okay, fine. 
Um, over to you in the studio, Joe. Uh, back to me in the studio, Dave. Uh, well, uh, considering you just sort of pulled me up there for being Mr. Negative Pants, which is a saying, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I've actually got an extraordinarily positive news oh, story here. Fantastic. One full of honour. Um, uh, what's some other words that sort of... Valour. Valour. Um, Pride. and uh, Prejudice. Uh, magnanimity. Magnan- magnanimous defeat. Marrying just one person, isn't it? Mognanimous. Yes, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from uh, The Telegraph. So... You know, I don't. I dislike all newspapers, but at least this one has some sort of. Uh, yeah, it's got nice writing. It's not nice. Um, nice uh, writing at the top. Nice I like font. The, I like the font. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Japan Steel World Cup hearts with dignified response to cruel exit. So it's a theft story, is it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Japan impressed football fans around the world on Monday night with a remarkably dignified response after Belgium being, after Belgium being dumped them. Of the, that, that, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I just praised this newspaper. Yeah. It literally. This is what it says: with a remarkably dignified response after Belgium being dumped them of the World Cup with a goal scored at the death. Yeah, well, that's I can't think saying. of a worse written Did sentence. Did you see um, Belgium being dumped them out of the World Cup last <laughs> night? That's how, that's how people talk down the pub. <laughs> dumped them of. Yeah. <laughs> what? So Belgium knocked Japan out of the World Cup, as we as we know, um, and um, they did it with a last minute. Counter-attacking really goal. Amazing. What an unbelievable game yeah. that was. One of the best games in the World Cup, easily. Um, yes, so continuing on with the article, and hopefully the rest of it is written in uh, semi- English. Yes, in English, <laughs> yes. Uh, the Samurai Blue, which is what Japan get referred to, let slip a two-goal lead as Belgium scored three second-half goals to reach the quarterfinals. West Brom's uh, NASA Chadley, men behaving Chadley, scored the winning goal with the last kick of the game to leave Japan's players crestfallen. And it was the third time that Japan have failed to make the last eight in the World Cup. Mm. Shame for them. They played amazingly. They scored two beautiful goals. I loved it. Their two goals were excellent. Yeah, uh, especially Inui. I can't remember his, his first name. Inui has been one of the players of the tournament for Steve? me. Steve? Really exciting to watch. I think it's uh, Jacob. Oh, Martin. I'm not sure. Kenneth. That's it. <laughs> Kenneth Inui. <laughs> um, the disappointment was obvious. And, you know, the players look absolutely distraught. Um uh, some of them blah, reduced blah, blah, to blah. tears. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like you blah, blah, yeah, blah. They're, they're destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Japan co- head coach Akira Nishino said his players were so devastated by the defeat they just stood around doing nothing in the locker room after the match. Um, oh. And uh, the, it, he said he told them to take a shower. That's sensible, yeah. Which they should they do because they've just run around for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, despite suffering the heartbreak of such a cruel defeat that Japan players took the time to meticulously clean their dressing room leaving the Rostov changing area in an immaculate condition and I imagine the condition that they found it in yes. that is a beautiful thing isn't that nice yeah they, they, they're dealing with all of that heartache yeah but they no come on we better clean up and I mean Japan is a country in not so distant history that have done some absolutely despicable things like war crimes for example um, and yet the world now, with Japan as it is, can learn so much from the way they conduct themselves. Yeah, just I think goes to show a leopard can change its spots. It can, yeah. uh, into a... Um, we don't know. They might go and do something horrendous in the next few years. But for now... Let's hope not. Lovely. Yes. And, and um, but basically... If they, if they do start a, a war or a genocide, they will tidy up afterwards. <laughs> they will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they also left a, a message on one of the sort of tables or benches in the middle of the... Changing room. Yeah. Uh, and it just said uh, in Russian, uh, spasibo. I don't know how you pronounce that. And it just means thank you. Oh. And that's just beautiful. Well, you know what? 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So Andres Iniesta is moving to a, a a Japanese footballing culture that has honour and um, dignity. Yeah. And it's be, and I just much like the Spanish league. I just thought like rather than ending. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Much like, uh, d- you know, I didn't want to end uh, on episode 70 with a silly news story. It'd be nice to end it with something that's beautiful about football. Because obviously we spend a lot yes. of time on this podcast talking about how ridiculous football is in many ways. We do. And really, it is. there is some beauty in it. <laughs> no, they're right. You're despite right. Despite its, yeah. its ridiculity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they even left a small note reading thank you in Russian on the table in the middle of the room. There were similarly touching scenes in the stands where despondent Japan supporters stayed behind in Rostov again to clean the stadium, just like in their Brilliant. previous day games, uh, just minutes after watching their sides being devastatingly defeated in the last minute. Yeah. You know, that, I in mean, the, cru- in the cruelest way as yeah. well. Yeah. Can you imagine England fans, France fans, Belgium fans, whatever, doing that? I don't think I can. No. No. We started off, uh, this is a quote from Nishino, the, the head coach. We started off very well, but at the end, right at the end, to have conceded a goal like that, it was not expected. We were leading and we were going to win, but I didn't feel, didn't expect this um, reversal of the result. So they, they were totally despondent, and yet they still acted with such honour and, and all, all respect to Japan for that. All credit to absolutely. All credit. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to, you know, have a lovely, positive news story. It's lovely, Joe. And then on that note... Yeah. Not to completely undermine what I've just said. Yes. However, uh, I'd just like to say that Rabio, the psychic octopus <laughs> yes. that uh, correctly predicted Japan's group game results, has now unfortunately been killed and sold for food. Oh. By who? Uh, I imagine the, the Japanese. Oh. Not so nice after all. <laughs> <laughs> they will, they'll tidy up the stadium they'll tidy up your changing rooms do not leave your octopi lying around no if you've got a pet octopus um, even with a weird French name like Rabio yeah keep it away from them yeah because they'll, they'll eat it they'll yeah they'll eat anything they'll sell it <laughs> <laughs> they will yeah yes so there, that's my news, Dave. Um, oh, it's lovely. Did you like it? Yeah, like, I did. It was uh, really nice, and you're right. It is a, it's a, it's a lovely touch. Was it wonderful? I think it was. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a relief. I mean, I'm saying I think it was. Probably tomorrow I'll wake up and go, yeah, it definitely was. That was wonderful. But for now, I think it, I think it was, <laughs> if that's enough. That'll do. I've got some seagull news. <laughs> and uh, quite an appropriate... So we've done a lot of seagull. This sort of started from nowhere, yep. right at the start. Yep. And it's sort of run and run. And this is a sort of, um, I, I suppose you could say, tying up loose ends. Really? Okay, interesting. Um, this is from where I get a lot of my Seagull news stories from, Cornwall Live. <laughs> okay. Okay. And yeah. the um, the headline is, the RSP says there is no such thing as a seagull. Um, is it like the Australia conspiracy theory? Oh, well. That they've never existed all along? No, they've They're got... They're a figment of our imagination. They've got some uh, technical data, but uh, I mean... That so, just throws everything we've spoken about. So did you say the RSPCA? The RSPCA stated that, in fact, there is no such thing as a seagull. It comes after an incident in St. Ives yesterday when a man held up a piece of bread in the air in the middle of the street as the gulls circled and started to swoop. People have been left furious by his actions, both those who love the birds and as well as those who don't. In recent weeks, there has been a spate of attacks on the gulls in the town, and the RSPCA has been quick to condemn those who chose to be violent. Now, in response to Cornwall Live contacting the organisation about the incident yesterday, they have stated that actually there is no such bird. 
how how can they make such a claim? Well, and there quite obviously is. Instead, the RSPCA has explained exactly what these birds are and why they behave like they do. In a statement, they said, There is no such thing as a seagull. In fact, there are 11 species found in the UK. The black-headed, common, great black-headed, glaucious, herring, (laughs) kittiwake, Iceland, little, Mediterranean, lesser-black-backed, and yellow lead gull. Well, I'll tell you one thing now. I have two things now. I wouldn't want to be a common seagull. All right, mate! No, no, no. Or a kitty wank seagull. Kitty, kitty wake, yes. No. You, you're saying it wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, although generally marine birds, uh, many gulls also live inland for at least part of the year and often roost in flocks, occasionally on water at night. They are opportunists when feeding, and their diet mainly consists of fish, mollusks, Inverted ranch and discarded human food. The discarded human. <laughs> discarded humans. <laughs> um, so there you go. No such thing as a seagull. So seagull is basically uh, too generic a term. Is that what they're saying? Yes. It's yeah. They, yeah absolutely. Yes. I don't want to add to that. Uh, you've got the. I've gone through them. Black-headed, common, uh, Mediterranean, uh, lesser back-blacked, and of course the yellow-legged. Girl. Yellow-legged. Yellow-legged. Hmm. Uh, so there you go. Be specific with your goals. But is seagull not a category? Like, you know, you could say, you know, a hammerhead shark and a great white shark. They're both sharks. Not according to the RSPCA. I suppose they are a relative authority on the subject. But they're not the RSPB. No, are they're they? not Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. I would be interested to see what the RSPB have to say in response to the RSPCA. Whether they correlate that and data. And perhaps get the NSPCC involved and the RNLI. And get all of them. Mm. See what they've got to say about it. All of the uh, abbreviated firms. <laughs> They're not firms. firms? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking firms, mate, on the terraces. Uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. So, so there you is go. Is that your way of winding up seagull I'm news? Winding <laughs> up, I'm winding it up. There's no such thing as a seagull. Very interesting. Thank you. Very interesting. What does that... T- oh, uh, I forgot to say, I've got one of my storyless headlines. Too late. I've just got one. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go for it. <laughs> I've just got two, one of them. Go for it. I've got what? I've just got two, one of them, is what I just said. How many have you got? One or two? One of them. them. Two of them. One of them. One of them. Yeah. Just do one then. Just one of them? Yeah. I'll just do the one. Richard Maidley drinks alone in the sun before fan interruption. <laughs> That's a story, apparently. Poor Richard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Nothing to add. No. So um, we got we've got to, we've got to discuss it, Joe. Oh my god, we can't avoid it any longer. The World Cup, David. The, not not just the World Cup, but England in England the World in Cup. England in the World Cup. Come on, England! Come on, England! England! All that, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I I well, I, I'll, I told you this earlier. You did. I will tell you're you now. Say, you're going to say this? Okay. Oh uh, yeah. In the morning after the game, when we we watched it at the pub, and we went a little bit wild, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Someone jumped in the river. Someone got n- fully butt naked, jumped in the river. Yeah. Uh, the Thames. <clears throat> that was the that was the uh, staff. <laughs> um, I the next morning, a bit with a very heavy head, I must admit. Mm. I watched the highlights on my uh, watch the highlights, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I have to no, specify the medium. No, no, please. I watched the highlights. You know, I watched loads of videos of fans celebrating, and I I cried. Oh dear! I actually, cried. you said you got you said you got tearful earlier. You didn't say you full on cried. Well, yeah, it was like I wasn't sobbing and there were tears rolling down my face. I was I was just a bit teary crying. Yeah, mm. because you know I don't even remember. I, I remember Euro ninety six. I thought I remembered Euro ninety six <clears throat> fairly well. I remember some yeah. highlights from it, and I was only seven years old. Um, 
But I don't remember the Spain penalty shootout that we won. Yeah. You wouldn't have had the same emotional uh, attachment, to attachment to it, would you? 22 years ago. Yeah. But that was in a Euro Championship. Yes. The, this is the first penalty shootout we've ever won in a World Cup. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It was, was amazing. It, it was great to be um, out and about with the general public. <laughs> like, like we don't usually. Like we're not uh, part It was of great to public. be in a somewhere that had amazing atmosphere. A few, uh, few, few too many curse words for me, if I'm honest. Uh, but there we go. That's, that's part and parcel of it, I guess. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that you felt that way, Darwin. Yeah, well, I did ask you to stop, but you carried on. I did, yes. Um, but no, it was amazing atmosphere in, in the... In the in the the part the where we were the pub the bear the bear yeah. the pub yeah. yeah I mean I it, we won four three on penalties yes we did and yeah. the winning penalty taker Eric Dyer yes that was the first penalty in a game he's ever taken he said oh wow and, and he it, wasn't supposed to take it was he no no it was, was going to be, be Jamie Vardy wasn't James it? Vardy yeah but um hurt his pe hurt his groin it, yes yes his penile area and uh, it it was. I was resigned to defeat, you know, yeah. beca just because of what we associate with penalties. I was yeah. resigned to defeat. That. And when Jordan Henson missed, I say when Jordan Henson missed, when Jordan Henson's penalty was saved, because it actually was a, a good penalty. It, it was, was saved. going pretty much right in the it corner. It was a very good save. Uh, David Ospina just, yeah, he just dived early and Henderson went yeah. that way. But when that happened, you're like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. That's again. it, you know. It's, yep. And that, it's what we're used to. It is. And so the release at the end... The whole place went mad. I'm sure every most pubs and houses and whatever around the around the land did. Yeah, it just everyone just went mad because it was such a release. And I I'm not the kind of football fan who you know is sort of any in any way really like loutish or loud out in the street. No. But I found myself singing "It's Coming Home" in the street yeah, with you, some random you, people that I didn't know. You did, and you were jumping around. You grabbed me. You, yeah. you re-injured my uh, I do my shoulder. That's fine. Don't I worry forgot about in it. the heat of the moment. Yeah. But um, oh, it was great. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I. I don't think I could replace that moment. And now, of course, we're up against Sweden, the Swedes, uh, who play a defensive four-four-two formation. And to be, with all due respect to Sweden, they don't have shit. A, a particularly <laughs> strong team. And we should win that game. We, we should, should win, win that we game. Should. Should. Switzerland lost to them really because they have nothing up front. They have nothing up front. No. And when Shakiri can't be bothered, Switzerland have no threat essentially. Yeah. And and um. Sweden in that game, their goal from their best player Forsberg was a weak shot straight at the Swiss goalkeeper Sommer, and it was an unlucky deflection that took it right into the top corner. Mm. That was their goal, you know. Uh, Marcus Berg, their number nine, he just can't seem to finish, and they don't seem to have a threat going forwards. Sweden. So if we can keep it tight at the back and we can just oh. pepper shots onto the goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We we we've got we've got, we've got a semi final. What uh, Joe? I said it many many months back. You did. You all laughed at me. You did. England will win the World Cup. Doesn't seem so silly now, does it? When you say that? Yeah, I mean, I guess talking specificity, you didn't say England will win the World Cup in 2018. No, that's that's what I meant, though. Come on, <laughs> let's not be facetious. I'm being facetious. Um, yeah, no, it was great. It was. Um, I'm look. Can't wait to the next game now, um, nope. and the one after that, and the one after that. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it's good. I mean, there was some other stuff going on in the World Cup, but who cares? Quite frankly, England won on penalties. Why should we even bother that's, talking? That's about all that. we're going to talk about. That's <laughs> all we're going to dwell on. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. So I believe you've got some World Cup facts for us, then, Dave. Yes, I do. Um, if you just now, we did go through 
Uh, we've done this a couple of occasions now. Yeah. Um, you've you picked three, I think, at the start, and then la- last. I can't remember who I said last week. We had guests, and they picked some, and I have got written down the teams that you picked last time. Thank you. So that we don't pick them again. You picked France, Australia, and Peru. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, three teams, please, Joe, and I will uh, give you a World Cup fact. Uruguay. Uruguay. Right at the bottom. Oh, I've tried yeah. to do that with every every time. Yeah, yeah. not them. Iran. Mm, okay, <laughs> okay keep scrolling through. Hell, how long is this document? It's every team in the World Cup. <laughs> you will you will pick you. You know you've only you've only got yourself to play. Uruguay. Uh, <clears throat> midfielder Georgian de Arasheta is named after a horse that his father never lost on. His father later became a baker. His father never lost on it. Never lost. I don't know Blimey. if that means he was betting on it or he was a jockey. It could be that he betted on it once. Yes, and he ne- I never lost on that. Yeah. yeah. 100% <laughs> record. Yeah. Cheers, easy. Yeah. Next. Oh, is it? okay. Uh, who else is still in the tournament? Let's Come go. Come on. I want to try and keep these relevant. Who else is still in the tournament, Dave? Well, uh, who? Uh, Sweden. Sweden. Right down the bottom there. Sweden, Sweden, <laughs> Sweden, Sweden. Uh, Celtic defender Mikael Lustig caused a bit of a stir in the Old Firm derby in April for stealing a policeman's hat while celebrating taking a 3-0 lead over their arch-rivals Rangers. During the game, do you think? <clears throat> yeah, he ran over, there's a policeman there, he took his hat off and he put it on. That is a bit of a faux pas in, in old England, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he really? got arrested for it. Did he? No. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, you know, the, the average Joe in the street might get arrested for that. Yeah. but Because yeah, he's a footballer and get away with it. Or the average Dave. Yeah, true. Yeah, My name does get used in a you know negative context a lot of times. Sloppy Joe. Average Joe. Joe, Joe Bloggs. Joe Bloggs. Yeah. Joe's a wanker. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Just, when that's, I'm, that's specific to you though, isn't it? When I'm either being a wanker or wanking. Yes. Yeah. Which is the same. Yeah. Next one. Who are you going for? Um, come on, come on. Why don't we go with Colombia? Because we've just knocked them out. We've just knocked them out of the World Cup. So. Colombia. Yeah, I know you've got a lot to say about that. So let's just let's do Colombia. Colombia. Uh, this could be awkward. Goalkeeper David Ospina's sister Daniela married t- married teammate James Rodriguez in 2011, mm-hmm. but the couple have since split up. Oh, oh. tense. Maybe that's why they they weren't at it. There's tension in the camp. Yeah, and he wasn't yeah. playing. And he wasn't playing, Apparently no. injured. And neither was she. No. And you know what? He cried at the end of the game, and, and I did feel a little bit bad. But I didn't. No? No. Oh. But we're supposed to be, you know, magnanimous. I mean, uh, honourable in victory and magnanimous in defeat, Dave. Just like Gareth Southgate. That is true. Sir Gareth Southgate. Sir please. Gareth. Uh, so those are your World Cup facts. Facts, facts. Facts, facts, facts. Uh, now, Dave, I think we should discuss something that... Uh, may not have happened in either your day or my day. Neither day. Does that sound acceptable to you? I accept. Not in my day! Well, this week's Not In My Day, the final Not In My Day, is, surprise, surprise, related to the World Cup. And And it comes from your favourite source. Brown. No. (laughs) No. Who ate all the pies? Who ate all the TV. Pies, yes. Uh, so thank you again to Who Ate All the Pies. I feel like they should be our sponsor, but maybe it's too late. I don't think they're interested. No, clearly not. Uh, and it is about David De Gea. 
Dabba Daya, the Spain goalkeeper. The Spain goalkeeper, Manchester United and Spain goalkeeper. And he said, well, this is the title of the article. Mm. We're fucked. David De Gea, <laughs> David De Gea offers incredibly blunt apology after Spain's embarrassing World Cup exit. He's right. He is right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David De Gea offered a blunt apology uh, following uh, his countrymen in the wake of Spain's embarrassing World Cup elimination. The Manchester United goalkeeper, who conceded six goals from the seven shots he faced at the tournament—that's a oh, pretty telling statistic. Not good. That's not good. Not good. One save. Acknowledged that the <laughs> yeah. Acknowledged that the Spanish national team are fucked after being put out by Russia in the last 16, but nonetheless ready to soldier on. Mm. This is a tweet. This is what he said. Okay, I'm listening. Para uh, Oh, no, do it in English. To whom supported, suffered, and criticised us with respect, thanks. We're fucked, but we'll get up again and never give up. <laughs> do you know what? He's honest. I find that really refreshing that yeah. he's not concerned. A public figure, maybe children used to it, I don't know. He's yeah. not concerned about swearing. I, I kind of respect that. Yeah. Like, we're fucked, yeah. We're so they, fucked. They, wouldn't have say, they wouldn't have said that. That's what he's saying. <laughs> it, it just sort of it shows a bit of self-awareness, doesn't it? We're fucked. Or lack of self-awareness. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, and the article says, yep, that about sums it up. Concise and to the point. The very antithesis of the aimless, idle football Spain played against Russia. Yeah. I think it shows now that... I mean, they don't really play tiki-taka anymore. That's sort of... It's not quite as extreme as that. Well, they tried to, but it just didn't work. They just weren't clinical. They weren't going for goal enough. And so I think teams have wi- uh, sort of wised up to, okay, well, you, you will let you play. Well, yeah. But get, we're just going to def- we'll defend it. We're not going to outplay you. That's fine. You not keep knocking it around. Get 10 people behind the ball. You're not going to score no goal. Maybe. No, no. no. And it, you, you could see that against Iran, for example. You could see that even against Portugal. Uh, but that obviously was a really bright start for them. Um, Costa scoring two great goals. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it looked bright for Spain that they, they managed to put three past Portugal. Of course, they conceded three as well, but they were scoring some great goals. Nacho's volley was unbelievable. Yes. Uh, bettered only by Pavard of France. What an unbelievable goal that was. That Did was, you see that one? It was very sweet. Um, and I, I think that, this is kind of refreshing that he's just come out and said, "Yeah, we're fucked." Yeah, you want to um, see more. Like you want to see players if they played really badly. Just and they say, "How do you think you're on?" Yes, we, we were terrible. We played badly. We were re- we were awful. See yeah. you later. And we're going to try. We're going to keep trying. We're sorry. Yeah. Uh, and it, you said this about like sometimes you feel like referees should do a similar thing. I think that they should. Um, um, maybe there's something to that. I just think sometimes when there's a um, uh, a um, what's the right word I'm looking for here. I don't know, Dave. No, I don't know. A decision that is... Uh, contentious? Contentious. Thank you. That's the perfect word, actually. Yes. A contentious uh, decision, um, and they've made it. And I just think sometimes it'd be refreshing if the referee came out and they said, uh, okay, I'll tell you why I made that decision. Because then if they did that, you sort, you might go, oh, yeah, I can see yeah, I can see where it's coming from. Or he might come out and go, uh, you know, I don't have replays. Well, they have the benefit of VAR now. But mm. in the in the heat of the moment, I made the decision. Having said that, I've seen it back. And yeah, perhaps I, I you know, I was a bit hasty. Yeah. And yeah. I just think people would have a lot more respect for referees as they would have a lot more respect for players, just being honest. And I, I kind of have more respect for him now. And if he yeah. had said nothing or, or put out some glossy, yeah. sort of soupy, lukewarm statement saying, oh, well done to the team, but maybe not this year, maybe yeah. next time, blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. just think, oh, fuck off. Yeah. 
But he just goes, yeah, look, we're fucked. We fucked it up. Yeah, we, we'll, we we'll try shit. harder next we won't, time. We won't do we'll shit. Yeah, and I kind of like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> next thing, lose the top knot and uh, we could be mates. Yeah, it's a bit of a shit hairstyle, isn't it? But yeah, going, going about, you mentioned VAR. Going about VAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think VAR has been about 90% awesome, this World Cup. Yeah, well, it's got most um, things right, hasn't it? Yeah, and the, the only thing that for me needs to be um, tuned, for want mm. of a better word, is that it shouldn't be, the final decision shouldn't be from the ref. I think the final decision should be from the guys in that little weird cupboard when they're just looking at their yeah. computer screens going, oh! Yeah. And I think, just clarify where, uh, when and where it, it's going to be used. Yeah. And things like that. And like, why should the ref have to waste some time running over to that little screen? Which sometimes works fine, but running over to the little screen and, you know, the crowds there making noise, maybe they're booing him, maybe they're spitting at him, throwing yeah. shit at him, who knows? Influencing him in, you know, with all that pressure on him in that exact moment when it could be those people hidden away in Moscow going, yeah. ref, this is the decision. That you, What's so, wrong with yeah. taking that responsibility exactly. away from the ref? That he's given it no handball, keep carry on, and they go, in his ear, he just says, actually, we've had a look, that was a handball. He can go, oh, right, fair enough. Yeah. We'll go back. It was a handball. It was just inside the box. Uh, it's a penalty. Yeah. Simple as that. Why does he have to run over to the screen and have a look again? It yeah. just seems weird. No. So. Yeah, well, you've got about, there's about seven people in that little room. Actually. How is that not enough people I to know, make that yeah. call? You know, it doesn't matter if yeah, they're not there or not. We've all seen it. It was definite handball. You have a little look though and decide. And he goes, "No, I think it was." Carry on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, and that's what rugby does, right? He, the referee makes the square, the rectangle sign for the VAR, not VAR. Yeah. They call it whatever they call it. Although, of course, now and they just tell the ref what it is. The thing is, they will have to um, maybe update that. Uh, the, 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 the hand signal for TV because there are now people are buying these curved screens Yeah. so they're going to have to change that somehow oh, man. Um, technology's anyway, just moving too that's fast that's a fever to worry about not us tell you what neither of those two things David De Gea saying we're fucked on Twitter and VAR neither of them would have happened in my day so that sort of works quite well David I agree yeah. not in my day Yes, not in my day. You bastard, Joe. What? What have I done? No, I'm just saying I've got a... No, I did say you were a bastard, actually. You did? I take that back. You said, you bastard, and then you even said my name after I that. I should have said, a uh, bastard, Joe. That would have been acceptable. I've got one for you. Have you? Yeah. Shall I cue the... Uh, yeah. The bastardly... Oh, I'm dying uh, to tell shall you. Shall I? Oh, okay, here it comes. Bastard! Of the, the week. week. It's a no from me. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey. I get carried hey, away. Come on, it's our last one. Hey, <laughs> let us have some. That was an old. Hey, forgive us. An old jingle as well. Of course, it was. that one for a while. Um, uh, two words for you, Joe. Neymar. <laughs> uh, oh, I think I know where this is going, Dave. Yes, this is uh, this is stats to prove what a he is. Okay, what a. Okay. I'll um, have to beep those out, Dave. I know, sorry. You give me so much post-production work to do. Study reveals Neymar has spent nearly 14 minutes on the floor at this World Cup. Okay. 14 minutes! During games, I'm assuming. During, yes, during <laughs> games, yes. Yeah. Um, according to d- data collect- collated by Swiss broadcaster RTS, the Brazilian has spent nearly 14 minutes writhing around on the tur- turf to Turf during the tournament so for far far that's for 4-4 four, four minutes and 30-30 seconds seconds of agony per appearance thus far all told the Brazilian has suffered 23 fouls 
fouls. Yeah. I'm doing the inverted commas with my fingers. What Dave is doing is he's holding his hands up either side of his head with, with two fingers on yeah. each hand and he's he's making them rabbit eerie. Yeah, not peace, man. And I believe it's it's inverted commas. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, which is what I said. Just for clarification. Um, uh, in four games at the tournament, the most of any player, according to RTS's numbers, Neymar spent a whopping five minutes and 30 seconds writhing around on the ground against Mexico alone. How long, sorry? Four minutes? Five minutes and thirty... Five and a half minutes. <laughs> the longest of these delays came when uh, Miguel Leun stepped on the forward's right ankle, prompting a spectacular burst of amateur dramatics from the PSG... P- sorry, from the PSG wanker. Striker. Um, yeah, that was when he was just off the pitch, wasn't he? And I embarrass it. Im- I, I, I hate it, Joe. I absolutely despise it, it as well. It is just... It's embarrassing. It's what I... I have no words. What are you doing? Okay, he stepped on your ankle. Sure, that's going to smart a bit. He was writhing. He was not only writhing around, he was jump, lifting himself off the ground. Like, I don't know what sort of pain that... I mean... Well, I, it looked like a beached salmon, didn't it, I really? never... I mean, I was looking and going, I I've never experienced pain like that. That poor guy. Obviously, I was joking. <laughs> What's he doing? He's a... It, well, <sighs> it, I, he's a professional athlete. You know, and the meaning of the word sport means that it's a sport. Yeah. And it requires some level of sport. Bing. Like, yeah, sportsmanship. Like, yeah. you know, hunting is sport, right? Yeah. But is it sport if you go out into the woods and the bear or whatever you're hunting is just pinned to a tree, still alive, waiting for you to shoot it in the face? You're talking about Gareth Southgate again? No. <laughs> that's not sport, is it? There's no, no sporting in there. There's no sportsmanship. No. no, you don't hunt the thing. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm totally against hunting, by the way. But it's an analogy. Killing it honourably and and harvesting it and eating it or whatever. But what they're trying to do is cheating. It's not it sportsmanship. It's cheating. It's cheating. Cheating. And it's trying to take the sport out of sport. And it's cheating. And it's cheating. And um, I just think it's embarrassing. He should be ashamed. And and he should be rightly called out and questioned on it by every interview he does. Uh, until he realises it's wrong. I, I heard someone say that made a good point the other day. He, like, I'm surprised he's had so many tattoos done considering his low th- pain threshold. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Imagine what he'd yeah. be like in there. Yeah. Right, I'm just I mean, do, uh, the, surely his uh, tattoos are a series of scribbles yeah. because he's been writhing around so uh, yeah, much. Yeah, just, yeah. Just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, please stop. I can't take any more. I'm just showing you the picture of what I'm going to do. It's, it's not shocking. Absolutely shocking. And... An interesting thing about it as well is if, if you look closely at the video, you'll see that, uh, was it Miguel Layun? Yeah. His uh, boot also scrapes and he's on one of the officials as well. And <laughs> Who didn't surprise, even surprise, it. no flinches or anything no. from the official. Well, they're, they're mega rad, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, clearly. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, I just saw that. I mean, I'd seen that all the way through the tournament, to be fair. But when I saw that particular incident, I just thought, he's an amazing player. But for me, he's completely ruined it by doing st- st- shit like that. Yeah. And, uh, and I go, so now you're not an amazing player because you've tarnished your ability with being a, a prat. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked through Brazilian media outlets, Brazilian newspapers. Have you not? No, I haven't. No. But I expect the nation of Brazil to practically disown Neymar. I don't, no, I think, they, I think they love him. No, but I, that's what I'm saying. I expect nothing less of the Brazilian nation than to disown this stupid cunt for acting well, you like will that. Be di- you'll be disappointed. I know I will be. I yeah. know. But that's what I expect because it's such disgusting behaviour. Yeah. Like, that's what they should do. And the likes of Maradona, not to go on him again, 
but he should have been disowned for so many things he did in his career, as, as well as many other South American footballers. They disgrace themselves and they disgrace the sport, and they are a disgrace. South Americans are <laughs> dirty. Of course, I'm not saying that about <laughs> the entire continent. Anyway, let's, let's not dwell on South Americans anymore. <laughs> Joe, who's your next bastard? <laughs> well, it's, it's a ve- on a very similar vein, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's basically it's Colombia's dirty tactics oh, right, against okay. England the other day yeah. which I thought again to use that word once more was a disgrace it was and in fact some conduct of the English uh, management totally showed them up yes you um, mean you mean that you're talking about Gareth I mean G-Man Sir Gareth Southgate. Yeah. We're knighting him prematurely because, of course, we're going to win the World Cup, Absolutely. aren't we? As you said. Um, so it's Colombia's dirty tactics. And John Stones has come out in the last few days and said that he thinks that they are the dirtiest team that he's ever played against. Mm. You know, he's not a player of, of vast experience yet, no. but he's played in Premier League, he's played Champions League. He's, you know, done, yeah. you know a lot he's, of big he's occasions. He's played Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, I'm sure he's encountered some very heated situations in the football pitch. Oh, I bet. Um, and, you know, he's, he's played for England a number of times over a few years as well. Uh, and that's the dirtiest team he's ever played against. And uh, we've got some horrific tackles. We've got a lot of play acting, diving, yeah. harassing we've got the referee, harassing the ref like I've like like I've never seen before. That was supposed to be done and dusted a while. But ago. the thing that was particularly rotten was the scuffing the spe- the penalty spot. Yeah, I didn't notice this, but I heard about it afterwards. Didn't see it during the game. Didn't no. see it during the game. But the, it's very. It's almost like a team effort. Like it's literally something they've planned. Well, it's part of their it, tactics, isn't it? Well, yeah, you see a wall of players, three or four players, I'm not going to name them, I can't remember, um, sort of harassing the ref, surrounding the ref, and then there's one player behind them scuffing the penalty spot. The ref's never going to see that. No. He's got a wall of players in front of him, and he's distracted by them shouting him down. Yeah. And this guy's just scuffing the penalty spot away like that. That is just literally unbelievable. And okay, I'd really be... like to think... Sorry, can I just finish no, this No, you one? can. Thank you. Uh, can I? Uh, i I really like to think if we see England players acting in that way, when they come home, they would be in for a world of shit from their own country, oh, and they rightly would. so. Surely we, we would, wouldn't stand we for would that. We would be disgusted no. with them. Yeah, it, it, and it, I we, wouldn't want to win the World Cup on those grounds. I want to yeah. win anything by cheating. Surely yeah. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be content even if it was the fucking World Cup if we won on those grounds. No, It'd be disgusting. We, we, that's not how we roll, Joe. No, it isn't. And by we, I mean the England team, who I have nothing to do with. Freeland. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was um, some of it was obscene. Yeah, and and I'd just like to make the point as well that um, a beautiful picture has been shared around of Gareth Southgate. Yeah, consoling uh, the Colombian penalty misser, who I think is Uribe. Sure, Uribe. Um, absolute class. Um, uh, and despite their ridiculous, dirty tactics. He obviously, Gareth Southgate, would have seen them being dirty, yet he still doesn't stick his two middle fingers up at them like Maradona did against the yeah. Nigerian dignitaries, yeah. which was unbelievably pathetic from him. Yeah. And he's an old man. He's nearly 60. You should know better. Prick. Um, <laughs> I'm digging in deep today. It's the last episode. <laughs> um, he showed absolute class by going consoling that player. Yeah, well, you know, he, he, he's been there. He knows. Yeah, and and he's clearly just sees. He doesn't see a Colombian player. He sees someone who's in, in distress, and he's he empathises with them. Yeah, and I thought that was absolute class, and all, yeah. even more respect to Gareth there. Yeah. So this is right love in for Gareth. Oh, no, yeah. I do <laughs> like him. I really like him. I like all of them. All of it. I like Steve Holland. I like the striker coach guy who I've seen on Soccer AM. Uh, I like the goalkeeper coach. I forget his name now. He played for Wales. <laughs> um. And the and the and the kit man, 
Yeah. It must be a kit man. I love him. I particularly like the janitor. I don't like him. No? No. Bit of a jeb. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's my bastard. Bastard. Two bastards. Two worthy bastards. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, oh, I'd usually do the... Hold on a minute. You can do it if you want. Yeah, I mean, well... You. well the, actually, you can do what you want. Dave. Yeah. It's going to be the last time. You're going to... Okay. I'd like you to sing along with me. Oh, I can't. You know what? Okay. Bastard of the week. I that's, finished. That's oh, all. Oh, Hello again. Hello. <laughs> that's all you're getting from me. I don't. Oh, someone's Hello? calling me. Answer it. Goodbye. Answer it. No. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Always have your phone on silent. Always have your phone on silent. Yeah, it's a mistake. It was me calling you. Was it? <laughs> yes. Pocket call. Uh, so I'd just like to apologise. I think because uh, no, I, I realise in accepted. hindsight how deep I dug in there criticising those people. And if anybody's offended, oh, I'm sorry, but you know, suck it up. Yeah, that was a good apology. It was you? very sincere. <laughs> <laughs> Next, <laughs> well, we've got some transfer stuff. Uh, it is happening despite it, the fact that it's the World Cup. Transfer stuff. Yes. Um. Yes. Yes. Have you got any transfer stuff? <laughs> no. No, I've got two <laughs> quick ones for you. Socrates Papastat... Oh, yeah. Socrates Papastat... Socrates? Socrates Papastathalopoulos. You know what? I'm really looking forward to hearing the British commentators saying his name. I think his nickname is... Socrates Papastathalopoulos. No. Socrates Papastathopoulos. Just say Socrates. Socrates. I th- yeah. Is that what he has on the back of his shirt? Yeah. I hope I so. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> so, he, Socrates, uh, completes 20 million euro move to Arsenal. Wow, that's so, a lot of money. Unai Emery's, I think, second signing, or at least the Ooh, second signing no, that I've heard Emery. of. Say, Ooh, no, Emery. Wait, wait. Uh, Arsenal have completed the signing of Socrates, who has joined the club from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, oh, yes. The Greek international defender who's 30 years old. Another sort of ageing defender because they've signed Stefan Lichsteiner, of course, of yes. Switzerland. Uh, he's moved for a reported fee of seventeen point six million pounds and has agreed a long-term contract at the Emirates, despite his age. And excuse me, will wear the number five shirt vacated by Per Mertesacker. No, actually, no. He wore number four. It was uh, Gabriel that wore number five. That's what this, it's written down, Dave. So. That, that, who's who, where, where's that from? That article? Uh, what your favourite source? They're wrong. Who are your pies at TV? They're wrong. Uh, I trust you more, to be honest. Somewhat oddly, the Gunners decided to unveil their new man like they might a professional wrestler or a Game of Thrones character. Oh, so it, look at that picture there, Socrates. It says his name, and it's. Have you seen the movie Gladiator? Looks like the Gladiator helmet with his face on it. It's kind of a bit, uh, it's bit too much. It's a bit shit. Finally, an actual resilient, tough-tackling adult with functioning limbs will be playing at centre-half for Arsenal. Functioning limbs? Yeah, that's what they've said about, yeah. Uh, could be, could prove to be a bit of an inspired signing, this. That's that their prediction. Is that on his CV? Uh, yeah, I played for Borussia Dortmund. I've got functioning limbs. limbs. Yeah. So that's transfer stuff number one. Number one? Transfer stuff number deux. Number two. Uh, numero deux is, can you believe it, Dave? It's about Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh. Da-da-da-da. I've heard some whispering, some whispering. Well, this whispering has made the BBC Sport page. Uh, Real Madrid considering 88 million Juventus bid for Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, the eights. 
I, I was thinking about this. It might be an interesting way for the 33-year-old to uh, tie up his career, move to another class club, different league. But why would you? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'll tell you why. A dollar bill, y'all. Can you vent it? They're, they're not the richest club in Europe. Money Real Madrid supposedly are. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it'll be funded by the government. Guarantee it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The 33-year-old Portugal forward is Rail's all-time top scorer with a whopping tally of 451 goals for In the Madrid club. 200 games. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, however, his age and Rail's need to reshape a squad that finished 17 points behind the Liga champions Barcelona last season has probably encouraged the Italian champions to make their move. So they're thinking probably that Real might actually want to ship him off uh, because they need to sort of bring in a new era of Real Madrid. And I can understand that, but I don't, I can't see this happening. I'll be honest with you. Um, he won his fifth Champions League title with Real Madrid in May. That says everything you need to know, really. Uh, since that victory over Liverpool in Kiev, Real boss uh, Zidane obviously left as a surprise and the former uh, notorious Spain coach, uh, Julian Lopetegui, has taken on the job. Yeah. So, yeah, 88 million is what they I mean, bid. You'd, you'd, you'd snap their hands off, wouldn't you, for that for that price, for him. And, I know, you say at this stage in his career, is he at a stage in his career? He seems to be just still firing on all cylinders. He's almost like Benjamin Button, isn't he? Yeah, I think, he, I think he's going to be, and I think he said that he wants to play for as long as he can. I think he might be one of these players that just keeps going. Well, he talked about, like, turning 40 and stuff in an interview, I seem to remember, and yeah. still being a player. And, you know, I, I can kind of... Imagine that because I've he's done he seems to be more active for Portugal than he is for Real Madrid. Yeah, puts in the miles a little bit more. I've seen him out sprint players in the World yeah. Cup at thirty three. He's super fit, right? He has changed his game to become more of a striker now. Yeah, um, and he had hasn't really had a serious injury in his career. That's a good point. I never so thought that about is, that. That is going to add some years on. Mm, um, absolutely. So why not? But he's, I can't believe how quick he still is. He's still so quick. Yes. And I guess if you think in today's money, £88 million, even if he plays two seasons for Juventus, £40 million a season, that's probably what they'd spend on a couple of players anyway. They'll get that back in shirts, won't they? Oh, easily. Easily. So it could be a good investment for them. Um, and also Real Madrid, when you think about it that way, they spent £80 million on him back in 2009. So... Yeah, I mean, with inflation, obviously, it probably doesn't work out, but they're getting eight million back. Why not? Yeah, so that's pretty much transfer news there. Real Madrid might sell up, and mm. he might go Juventus. You'll never know because we won't be here to report. Well, you, you'll hear it reported elsewhere, I'm sure. You'll probably look elsewhere. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. Oh, transfer stuff, jolly good. Last transfer stuff. The very last one, <laughs> Dave. This is the last time you heard this jingle. That's your transfer stuff. That's your transfer stuff for the last time ever. Oh, dear. Why do we have to make it so, so dramatic? And speaking of last things, I I wanted to come up with a a really good conspiracy story. (laughs) Really good. I had to leave it hanging there to build the drama. Conspiracy news story to, you know, really really tie the podcast together because yes. I feel like it's been something that's tickled you oh, a few times it? oh has it and I've had some has people it? comment on me how how ridiculous and silly it is so yeah. here what? it is Dave for the last time <sighs> conspiracy news David conspiracy news 
Oh, it usually fades out when I let go does, of the key, yeah, but yeah. actually just... Never mind. Different for the last one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So have you heard of the Blood Moon? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the um, longest lasting blood moon eclipse, so a red red moon eclipse, some sort of... Um, I've heard of a few eclipses, but uh, this one must have passed me by. Yeah. Well, now you're going to learn some real truths and facts. Oh, yes. In inverted commas. About the blood moon, okay? Teach me. Blood moon 2018. Eclipse over Jerusalem signals end of the world is near. Shock claim. And you'll be surprised to hear that the source for this conspiracy news story is the... Daily Star. No. The Daily Record. No. The Daily Express. How many times have I done that? Come on, you know. I know. I was trying to think of the one that Superman works for. Oh, Mm-hmm. The blood moon's ominous appearance over the Middle East this month is a definite warning sign from the heavens, according to an American doomsday preacher. End of the world again. Mm-hmm. Surely. I mean, you're just off on a new career. That's going to ruin it. I'm just. I'm going off to start a new podcast. Uh, what? No, I'm not. Oh, teasing you. I'm joking. I'm joking. Would I? Would I? Stop it, you. No. What's a... Sorry, what are you saying? <laughs> So US pastor Paul Begley is certain the blood moon is a sign from above at the July 27th lunar eclipse uh, and it marks the final chapter in humanity's history books. Oh, mm. cheer- cheery. Yeah, <laughs> because of course like every day there's it's, things are added to this current chapter. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's how it works. Isn't oh, no, no that, wa- no, that wasn't the end. You said that was going to be the end. No, no, yeah. no, this is going to be the end. And how, how does that work then? Do they finish the chapter... You know, just before, obviously, the world ends and there'll be no record of the world ends? Or is it say, like, oh, someone will write in, the world is ending now, this is the end of the last chapter. See ya. Yeah, someone in a bunker somewhere. Yeah, yeah, in a bunker, so that always goes down, right? The Christian conspiracy theorist who preaches bleak biblical predictions about the apocalypse said the world is about to be stunned. Pastor Begley warned the blood moon will pass over Israel and the Middle East to fulfil biblical prophecy. Mm. Well, when you look at it that way, the blood moon will not just pass over Israel and the Middle East, but it may also pass over the entire fucking world. <laughs> it may, yeah. It may. It may do. And it really it will for what? the, um, yeah, well... By, by May. Billionth, 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 billionth time. And it's been the same every time. Yeah. I'm just trying to work that out on a calculator. So... All right, check this out. <laughs> f- 58 noughts. I don't know, I'm not making it up. Um... 58,008. Yeah. In a video shared online, Pastor Begley said, Are you serious? Are you seriously serious? It's seriously serious. That's what he started that video Not joking with. serious. No, and, and really, I'm not sure really what he's... Wh- which one he is. No. <laughs> uh, the United Arab Emirates are going to be stunned, he said. They're already stunned at what's coming. And I don't know why he's picked on the UAE. What's he going for them for? Don't know. The blood moon that's going to be directly over the Middle East, directly over Jerusalem and the UAE. They are already stunned by the realisation of 103 minutes of absolute blood moon over their heads. Be over our heads as well. We're nowhere near there. This is well over my head, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's under your under your head. Yeah. What, in my neck? Somewhere. The July blood moon eclipse is touted by astronomers as the longest lunar eclipse of the 21st century, lasting an incredible one hour and 43 minutes. But according to Pastor Begley, there will not be another century to follow because we are now living in the end times. <laughs> Just like all the other people who have said we're living in the end times. Mm. And guess what, Dave? We're not. We're not living in the end times. No. No. Just the beginning, mate. 
Yeah. The doomsday preacher claimed the blood moon eclipse is a prophetic event foretold in the biblical book of Acts, chapter 2, 16, 21, the book of Joel and the book of Revelations. Yeah, read it. Yeah, I've had a revelation. Got this it is on bullshit. The, got it on the Kindle. Yeah, have you? Mm. Nighttime reading? Daytime reading? Always reading. Always reading. Toilet reading. Pastor Begley said, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, people, are, so you read it whilst you're having a shit is what you're saying. And the two things are related. It helps me have a shit. Good. Pastor Begley said, People are starting to understand this isn't just any blood moon. This is the blood moon of the century, and I don't think there is another century. That's what he said. Is <laughs> he? He doesn't think there's another century. No more centuries. No. So when you start talking about the longest blood moon of the century, and it's directly over the Middle East, I don't know why he's focusing on it being directly over the Middle East. It's directly over the earth. He's got a thing for them, hasn't he? Yeah. Directly over Jerusalem. In Israel's 70th year of its rebirth as a nation, in the year Jerusalem became the capital and the internal city of God, not sure what he's basing that upon, uh, in the very same year, we're not we're seeing not only a super blue blood moon, which told us what was going to happen with Jerusalem, but now a blood moon. This is becoming more and more nonsensical. <laughs> what he's got? Oh, some matter with this guy. I'm not quite at that point yet where I'm pulling out because I want to uh, mm, because pull I want to finish. Pull out, pull out, pull out, pull out. <laughs> it's not a valid method of contraception, Dave. Just in case you didn't know. No. Why not come in their hair? <laughs> I want to come out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this blood moon is right over the Middle East, and that's what it's, That's what this covenant of many is being worked on. The Saudi crown prince is involved. Jared Kushner, the son-in-law of the president, is involved. They're all involved. Prince William of the Royals and the British Empire is involved. He's definitely involved. <laughs> and then, of course, the King of Jordan, President Donald Trump, Prime Minister Netanyahu, Palestinian President Abbas, the Egyptian President, doesn't give his name, he obviously doesn't know it, the Egyptian President, and the list goes on and on and on. All involved. Ev- everybody is involved in this, but just the actual physical manifestation, manifestation of the blood moon is going to stun the UAE. I don't know what he means. He's saying it's the end of the world, but the UAE, they're, they're naughty, naughty, they're going to get yeah, stunned. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to be stunned the most. Unbelievable. This all comes down to the, this sort of belief from people like him that, that Earth is special, like an Earth-centric view. And it's not. It's not fucking special. Nothing special about it. Apart from us being here. Did I go through that? Did I tell you that thing about how many planets there are, likely? Yeah, an estimate? there's like three more or something. Every three more. Yeah, three more. That's three it. more than, three more than before. <laughs> There's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a billion times a billion is the, the estimate yeah. in the universe that we know of. It's and gonna, you know yeah. why a god would pick a certain bunch of uh, Arabs in a certain part of the world when we were not very intelligent and say you are the special ones. Luck. Uh, either luck or nonsense. You know, your opinion. It certainly is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I've got to that point now where I've closed the article. I'm not going to even look at it again. Absolute shite. And uh, really, for the, for the last time, Dave. David! That's your conspiracy news! <laughs> That's fucking loud. I know, sorry. <laughs> I didn't prepare properly. I didn't turn the, the well, I'm glad sound that you, thing down. Well, I'm glad you finished your, your last little segment in, the, in this podcast was something that you, um, you, uh, you've followed on in the vein. Passionate about. Uh, conspiracy news. Something that uh, you can pick at and just say, what a load of nonsense Yeah. Um, about world views. Uh, because I'm going to... F- my last segment uh, is in the same vein that I have continued throughout this podcast. 
And um, and this time round, it's silly names. Silly names. Yes, love yeah. it. Lowbrow, but uh, <laughs> come on. Um, so before we did a segment ages ago about funny footballer names, real footballers, and there were some names like um, Ralph Minge. Yeah, naughty naughty. Naughty naughty. Yappy uh, yappo. Yeah, was that in there? Uh, something danger four pence. Oh god, that one. There were some really unusual ones. Yeah, and I tried to find some more, uh, but um, I think we basically kicked the arse out of that and there wasn't anymore <laughs> yeah so i've sort of um enhanced it to cover all sports you've widened the net so because i just thought last episode let's not, uh, yeah we love football but we love all sports man we do and uh, so these are some uh, some funny names some real names uh, of sports men and women throughout the world mm. and throughout the years um i look forward to this greatly muchly so the first one the uh, first name is gaylord silly <laughs> For every one of these names, I think I'm going to say the same thing, really. But it's like these parents, they've got the name... What's your name? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Silly. Yeah. What are you going to call your son? Well, we've already got a stupid name, so... Just call him Gaylord or something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That is... uh, He's a a long-distance runner from the Seychelles. Okay. Uh, The next one is Rusty Cunts. No. (laughs) Is it like the German cunts, like K and then Z on the end? Yeah. But said like... Rusty Cunts. The other. Unbelievable. Uh, An American baseball player. Uh, Dick <laughs> Dick Sizzler. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I've heard that somewhere before. Yes. Who is Dick Sizzler? Another American baseball player. Amazing. Yeah. Dick I say Sizzler. American baseball. It's just baseball. Just baseball. Because yeah. no one else plays it. No, do they? they don't. Uh, Dick Trickle. Who <laughs> 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 is a NASCAR legend? It's something we've all apparently suffered from <laughs> yes, at some point, yeah. you know, before and after. It's hard to get it all out. You know. Um, Ron Tugnut. <laughs> 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 Yep, Tugnut. Ice hockey. <laughs> uh, the next one, um, you keep an eye out for this person. Uh, Dong Dong. Dong Dong. Dong Dong. Okay. A Chinese trampolinist. I will keep an eye out for a Dong Dong, yeah. And the last one is a Japanese volleyball player. Uh, Yoshi Tekashita. D- no! Can <laughs> you spell real. it out? It is real. Tekashita. Tekashita. <laughs> Tekashita. Is it T-A-K-A-S-H-I-T-A? T A the K the E the S the H the I the T the A. Oh, so it's, it's an E. Take take, take shitter. Take shitter. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, congrats to him for having an excellent name for the last time. That is your um, Dave silly funny endings. little segment from myself. I loved it. I loved it. <sighs> Dick Trickle, I think, is a yeah, one Dick that will hopefully will stick with me. Um, yeah. Well, I hope not. Well, stick to you. Stick. Well, stick to his. Oh, what's? Why is uh, that sticking there? Oh, it's a bit of dick trickle. That's what that is. Uh, uh, yeah. No, no, not you, dick trickle. No, I was no. describing a, a problem I'm having. Yeah. Uh, Dave, Joe, I, I'm I'm genuinely emotional right now. I'm not. Oh, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is it. We're winding down. This is it. And I have a final parting message. Okay. Uh, I I wrote a poem today. Okay. Well, right. let's end on that. So, shall we just say, shall we say goodbye? Yeah. And thank you to everyone listening. Um, if you are listening, you would have heard us mention last week that we are actually going to do a bonus episode. Yes. Following on from this, we don't know when, uh, but we are happy to answer any questions you may have. 
We're more than happy, actually. That's pretty much our content. So <laughs> we'd love you to get in contact with us, pose us some questions. We've got we've got some already. Uh, of course, we're going to get our old hands, the likes of the keyboard warrior, number one fan Dan, and uh, etc., to uh, write in some questions for us to respond to. But it would be yeah. awesome to hear from some people who we don't know or haven't heard of from, from before. That'd be yeah, ma- that'd be amazing. And in the meantime, um, thanks for the ride. It's been awesome. Thank you to everybody who's. Uh, helped us come on the podcast, phoned in, contributed anyway, List, and of course, just listened. Well, I was going, yeah, oh, just, just listened as well. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure to to do this for you and and for us, really. Yeah. You know, it's been so much fun, and that's what it's all been about. And for the last time, um, fuck the admin. If you if you've listened so far, you know where to find us. So I'm not going to bother all that. We're not going anywhere. I'm going to keep the website hosting. It's going to be on iTunes for the foreseeable. Uh, I have no intention of of removing its availability from anywhere. I say I, we. Right? No, neither do I. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> um, so it will be available regardless. And I, I personally, I will be listening to it a number of times. I love Lovely. listening to it. Lovely it's fun. stuff. Well, Joe, um, you're you're the one leaving. Yeah. Um, so all I will say is uh, thank you and over to you. Yes, so I've, I've written a poem and after this poem, I'm going to cue the theme and, and that'll be us, our last official Roundabout episode. So as I said... Over to you. <laughs> kind of was your cue. Okay, it doesn't really have a title, but I'm just going to call it round so the back. I'll, do it. I'll say, over to you. Oh, is it, what now? Okay, one more time. Okay, and um, I'll fucking do it. David, over 70 weeks I've podcasted with you, and with our wonderful fans too. And on this day that we part, I hold a very heavy heart. But I implore those that listen to not worry about what they're missing. For Round the Back will live on, on the internet where it belongs. We've had lots of lovely guest speakers. And with wisdom, they have treated us, as Johnny Evans would say, at Leicestershire City, I will fate another day. Whether it's number one fan Dan or Henry the Keyboard Warrior, nobody here is sorrier. To draw an end upon this podcast, though nothing ever really lasts, Football will always make a bastard or two, and conspiracies will always bemuse you. One day perhaps I could return, and ideally not in an urn. So it's farewell, bon voyage, arrivederci, as I creep steadily towards thirty. Another adventure I must undertake, for new excitement in this life I must make.